Hello everyone and welcome to this new episode of Sweden in Transition podcast. I'm very excited because today it's a new format. I will leave the floor to three dads so they can share their own experience on paternity leave. Before that, I will just give you some background information. In Sweden, you get 480 days as a couple, and then you can choose how you will share those days. Today, dads take on average 30% of the days, so it is not equal, but it is getting better and better. This system is 45 years old, but lately governments have been taking measures to encourage gender equality. For instance, there are days that you can't share. They are earmarked for the second parent, and if you don't take them, they are lost. The payment you get during this parental leave is quite high. It is a percentage of the salary up until a certain roof. The maximum you can get is around 3,000 euros, 30,000 sec. And on top of that, a lot of employers even complement. And during the first year of the child, there is no real daycare available. But after the leave, the cost of childcare is very limited, no matter how many children you have. Another incentive is linked to the individual taxation system that exists in Sweden since the 70s. Each person from 18 years old have their own tax to pay. The tax rate is not based on the consolidated income of the household. So all those measures are very good incentive to first take your full parental leave, but also for both parents to go back to work afterwards, even for the parent that has a lower income. Another very interesting thing you'll discover in this episode is that every student, regardless if they are boys or girls, receive domestic classes during their years in high school. So time in the curriculum is dedicated to acquiring the basic skills like cooking, baking, making laundry, ironing, cleaning, sewing, but also making errands, understanding the labels in store and learning how to recycle properly. So now I leave you with my three great guests. First, you'll hear Per, then Nikos, and then Peter. So let's start. My name is Per. I'm 56 years old. My daughter is 17 and my son or our son is 14 now. In case of our daughter who is adopted, it is a little bit different maybe from the standard model. She was a little bit over 12 months when we went to pick her up and my wife had just started her new business. I was in between or I was finishing my position and the timing was really right to, to take a long paternity leave. I took 12 months. It was 2005, so the rules were a little bit different in Sweden. It was just in the beginning where it was a minimum of 60 days for each parent, each have to take. I called my boss and I told him... Uh, you know, we need to plan for the paternity leave. Oh, yeah, of course, you should take more than I did, more than the two weeks I took. should take at least a month or two. Uh, and I told him, OK, maybe we should meet and talk about this. So when we met, I told him, I want to take 12 months. And he said immediately, yes. I'm working in a very traditional company, I would say, industrial company. And I was a bit surprised I could keep my position. And it was another person appointed as acting during this 12-month period. So in that way, I was also sure to be able to return after 12 months in a position that I would like to have. So it was a very fortunate and good timing and very good boss. 
my wife took them the summer, which is traditionally what the dads usually take, uh, June, July, August, the, the, the great period in Sweden. And she did then also the, let's say, the introduction in schooling, the introduction to, to the daycare. So I took 12 months from June to end of May. And then she had three. So in total, it was 15 months. And uh, during the summer, obviously, I had some holidays as well. So we were together quite a lot. So it was really a fantastic experience, I must say. And then we did uh, the opposite uh, with our son. She took down the first period and I took the, the summer period and the introduction to the daycare. Because we became parents also a bit late in life, around 40, I think we were more than ready or, or very eager to become parents. We spend a lot of time in the open daycare, open first school, a special one that is for adopted children. So there we met a lot of families with similar situation, both dads and moms. So it's really an interesting experience. Of course, I ended up often in, in groups where you have 80-90% moms. Uh, at that time, it was uh, the standard, but uh, also a lot of dads. It is so important to meet also for the children, without the children, but uh, also for the dad or for the moms. So it it was very enrich, uh, enriching, uh, a new experience. I learned a lot of things, and uh, but it was also days, of course. Uh, I think every parent would agree that sometimes it's frustrating uh, when you have to do the same routine. And in the end of this 12-month period, I was quite eager to get back to work. The challenge, first challenge is to get into the routine and get to know each other. And also the attachment process is very important and, and make sure when she got sick, I mean, when the, these things happen that you have to manage things that you don't know. But I think the support system in Sweden and in France, for that matter, is, is very good. I mean, you get very good medical support if you call, you have your uh, your doctor uh, advised and so on. So now it is it is so far back that I only have the good memories left, to be honest. So of course, there were days when the Swedish winter, for example, when you have to dress the children with a lot of clothes and uh, uh, small accidents happens when you just have to go out and you have to get back in and change them again. I mean, these type of things. These are small things that uh, it's not, not so important, I think. For me, it was a great opportunity to get to know our daughter. It was also very good for our couple. It was really good for, for our family. For me, it was a good break in my professional life. A good midlife break from work. And then obviously after that, I have been working a lot. And before that as well, I've been exaggerating with work and traveling a lot. And, and then I attended a management course. Every second month, I spent two days on this management training where Joanne obviously took care of our daughter. That was also good because then I had something also for myself to develop myself during this time. For the family, uh, it has really been building a foundation because later then I have been working probably too much and I have not been as present as my wife then during the schooling years. But I've still been able to keep uh, a good, I think, a very good relation with both children. And I think that first part of the building the relation, if I wouldn't have invested there, I think it would have been much the more difficult today. If I look in my team and, and around me, uh, everybody takes uh, takes the leave. And then it can even be up to two years. I think now it's uh, it's a big benefit to be an attractive employer. I think all companies are fighting for the good employees. It is a matter of survival to have a good, positive way of handling parental leave. So at least the big companies, uh, in our case, uh, already at that time, the company was paying up to a certain salary level. So 
filling up from this 80% and that is paid down by the social security system up to a certain level. And then the incentive scheme is not paid out. If you don't work, no incentive. And I think that's very logical. Obviously, it has always been allowed, to my knowledge at least, that both men and women could take. But the difference that has gradually been increased is that both have to take, otherwise you will lose the days. This is a way of changing the attitudes. I think you have to force, we would not have had the same division of the the responsibilities in the families unless the system had forced also the dads, because that's the reality, to take longer paternity leaves. That is the important thing for countries. If you want to go that route, you have to do it gradually. It's a transformation that cannot happen overnight. It has to happen gradually, and, and the attitude can change gradually. Let's say you move one month every year rather than going to 50-50 overnight. That is what we have done in Sweden. It is part of the success. I would argue that it is the benefit for society, for families, to have a more equal situation. I believe in equality. I believe that uh, women and men should have the same chances to succeed professionally or in whatever way. And uh, I think that a more equal way of, of dividing maternity and paternity leave and the responsibility for the children and the family is one part of that. That is the benefit for the society because we have a lot of women today with a lot of potential who, in fact, are taking a lot of responsibility at home and with the family and and maybe are not fully capitalizing on their professional potential or potential in another way than professionally. It could also be as an artist or, or whatever. Politics also, because to be able to take good political decisions, we need a good uh, balanced parliament, government, or whatever. This we have more or less, and probably now we're going to have the first also female prime minister as the last country in the Nordics. It's likely to happen very soon. That is the benefit for society. And, And obviously, I believe that we will be happier. And also for the men, of course, it is more harmonious if you have a good contact with your children or if you are just somebody who brings home the bread and uh, meet them on Sundays, it's a, it's a big difference. Uh, the benefit for the kids, I think, is that they will have a, a good relation, hopefully, with both parents. I think it's a true benefit to have two adult uh, persons to talk to in different ways, possibly with different opinions. You need time to build trust in any relation. Even if you have only two weeks or or one month, uh, if you spend a lot of time, quality time, call it that, uh, not with your phone and at the same time, but you really spend the time with the children, uh, I believe that works as well. I'm not saying that you have to take uh, 12 months of paternity leave, but I believe that quality time counts, not only quality, but also quantity. And not only the the good things, uh, also the more difficult things when you have to go to the doctor and hold them when they're afraid of uh, the injection or whatever that might uh, imply. But with that approach, obviously, you might not uh, reach uh, equality. We have done progress in the last 15 years because when I took one year, it was exceptional. I think today it is. it might not be the standard, but it would not be exceptional.
My name is Nikos Beis. I am 44 years old. My kids are 11 and 13 years old. I've got two uh, boys. For the first boy, Lucas, he was born in December of 2007. My wife stayed at home with him uh, for the first kind of six months. And then in the end of the summer, I went on uh, paternity leave in August. And then I stayed at home with him uh, until January when it was time to school him into the daycare. So approximately six months uh, with the first kid. And then uh, the second one, Leo, the same setup. My wife stayed at home first, breastfeeding him, etc. I think the second uh, paternity leave period was a bit longer. It was maybe eight months or something like that, uh, while the first was six. My wife, she's always been very driven uh, when it comes to work. I'm more of a, a guy that I like to work, but I also like to not work. I love life outside of work. So so that kind of affected our uh, split of the parental leave, I would say. Uh, so in the end, I think my wife stayed at home less than I did with the kids, but not that much. It was quite evenly split. I would say my wife wanted to get back to work uh, as soon as possible, more or less. Uh, while I uh, didn't have a problem with uh, leaving work for a while and doing something else, which is not maybe less work than working. I mean, being a parent is a lot of work, but it was different at least. So so you could recharge the working batteries during that period, I think. You get away from, from this everyday life uh, that you normally have when you're working, which is kind of a, called a hamster wheel, one of, one of the things that, that is not very nice is that I felt that I lacked some interaction with other grown-up people. It was, I felt that I needed this, you know, grown-up to grown-up communication where you discuss, I don't know, whatever it is, you discuss politics or all of that stuff was gone for a while. Uh, I didn't really have time to see people. Both me and my wife were really tired, which is also one of the... <laughs> Hard parts of having small children, I would say, uh, that you're always tired. Woken up at night a lot. And uh, and also when you're at home with a child, you're taking care of that child the whole day. So then when your partner gets home from work, or in, in my case, I wanted to, you know, hand over the child to her so I could get some, you know, child-free time. But at the same time, she comes home from work, she's tired. She wants to sit down and relax as well. But all in all, I felt that the break from work was awesome for me personally. Uh, I, I needed that to recharge my work batteries and come back to work with, an, with another hunger. When I came back to work, I had the exact same uh, work tasks as before. My perspective on them is that they were really supportive. But of course, I think that they would rather just have me around all the time. I was... You know, also very clear, this is my right as a citizen in Sweden to be on, go on paternity leave. So I will do it. So there was never any like, is it okay if I go on paternity leave? No, I just said, I'm going to paternity leave <laughs> at the end of that in that month. With the first child, I was away for six months and I came back to my old workplace. I felt motivated. It was still fun. But then the second child, when it was time to go on paternity leave, I felt actually that I was done in that uh, with that company. I felt that it was time to change. So my whole plan was actually to go on paternity leave and then uh, look for a new job. And that's exactly what I did. So I actually 
resigned during my paternity leave and, and just, uh, you know, went into the office, got the goodbye fika celebration or whatever you want to call it and fetched my stuff and, and uh, left. I mean, they, they had ma- made the changes needed because I left. I mean, filled my position somehow or made some rearrangements. So from their perspective, it was not a big thing that I left, I think. It, it didn't put them in a bad place when I decided to leave. And also for me, I had to charge my working batteries for eight months uh, with a second child being at home with him. So I was ready to take on a new task with, with you know, a great hunger for that. The biggest benefits uh, of splitting it up that not only the mother is at home with a child is that you get a better understanding of each other's situation. When I was working and my wife was at home, we had gotten our first child and I came home from work and she like, ah, here, take the kid. I want to rest. Ah, but I'm tired. I want to rest because I just worked the whole day. And if you don't try both sides of this thing, I think you will have a harder time understanding the other person's needs uh, to the full extent. Having a small child is a lot of work. They will require a lot of attention. I think it's good for both parents to understand both sides of the equation, both how it feels to be working with a small child and also being at home with a small child. So I would say that's one of the main benefits. And then the next really big benefit of staying at home with with a child is, of course, that you bond in a different way. When you are alone with a child and take care of someone that is completely to 100% dependent of you, you get the different connection. I think without knowing, of course, because I haven't been in that situation, but I, by, I believe that if only the mother stays at home with the child, it, it can be easy for the father to kind of jump away from the responsibility in some cases. Like, ah, oh, but, you know, ah, uh, oh, he fell and hurt his knee. Ah, oh, but that's, then you got to take care of it, uh, my wife, or something like that. Uh, while if you have bonded with a child, it becomes more natural that you split these kind of things as well, I would say. And then, of course, I think it's it's good uh, because it gives you time to think about what you want in your work life as well, when you can put some distance between yourself and your work. So I think it's good for your personal development as well and understand what you want as a person. And then, oh, yeah, one more thing that, that I think was really good. You get an awesome training in, uh, what's it called, the uh, patient. I mean, with a child, they're going to cry and, and they're gonna, they don't care if you're extremely tired. If they need something, they're going to let you know. <laughs> so you're going to have to train your patients and understand that oh, there's no point in getting mad or anything. You just have to be there, support them, keep calm. Uh, before I w- became a parent, I think I I acted more like if I was really tired or under strain or under stress in some way, I didn't handle that as good as I did after having small children, because small children will put you through a lot of uh, stress and, and uh, situations where you don't feel 100%, uh, and uh, that makes you stronger gives you some uh, some extra features that's really good in, in life overall, I think. 
a crying baby is kind of the one of the most stressful things that exist. I think. I think it's uh, built into us humans to react on crying babies. <laughs> As a person, you definitely grow. I think a bit more resilient, or or not only a bit, maybe much more resilient actually. I think the genders get a bit closer to each other in the understanding between uh, stuff that typically maybe 50, 60 years ago was typical uh, women tasks, and then you had typical male tasks. And I think it's really important to understand the other side of that, which I think we get a lot here now in Sweden when people stay home with children. I mean, both parents stay home. Uh, so that's, I think that's a big benefit for society. Uh, in school, I think it starts when, when the kids are like uh, 12 to 15 years old or 13 to 16. They introduce this class in school that is about, well, cooking and taking care of the home. So you're supposed to kind of learn how to <laughs> fold clothes, how to iron clothes with a, you know, with an iron, how to cook uh, some basic stuff. So I remember my school had a, one of these classrooms, I think it was like six uh, kitchen islands, you know, with everything needed. You had a sink, you had a stove, you had an oven. You you went in there and you cooked something. But I, I remember the good stuff we made, at least, which was like cinnamon buns, <laughs> for instance. We also have in, in school, we had woodworking and uh, sewing classes. So you had like 50-50 work with textiles. And then also learning how to work with wood and uh, metals. That was uh, different classes than the ones uh, in Hemkunskap, uh, which it's called the ones where you learn to cook and take care of your home. I felt that it was fun during that period. I mean, those classes, maybe not the sewing lessons. I didn't really like that uh, personally. Uh, but we did some stuff there that, you know, I, I, I made myself a couple of shorts that I actually used <laughs> during the summers. So it was kind of like a break from reading in a book or sitting and, and solving mathematical problems or something like that. You, you, you got a break from that and did something more hands-on uh, with your uh, where you worked with your hands and body. So. I mean, most of my close friends have gone on paternity leave, kind of like the same setup as me, that they split it 50-50. Maybe in some cases, the, the mother has been at home a little bit more. In other cases, the, the father a bit more. Uh, but generally, like a good split. Uh, to the countries that do not have this paternity leave, it's, it feels a bit medieval. I mean... I think these countries need to, to follow the flow and understand the importance of gender equality uh, and also the benefit it, it gives, uh, that, that benefits that I've already talked about. And I think those are really important benefits. Uh, I think it's extremely important, actually. For me, I mean, if you feel secure in yourself as a person, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to worry about what other people think about your masculinity or whatever. Uh, so then you can stay home with a child. You can be the, the dad that sits with a crying child in their lap. I think it's more masculine to be able to show love and affection for your family and your children. I, I would regard a man as stronger and uh, accountable 
if I can see that that man is personally involved in the in the welfare of his family, then like ah oh, that's uh, that's women's duties. Uh, no, for me that would just uh, make me uh, regard that man as a smaller man. So yeah, that's my take on it. Well, hello, my name is Peter and I'm 37 years old and I'm a father of Vega, a girl of uh, six weeks. I've just become a father, so I'm still learning the job, I guess, but uh, it's going really well, I think, and I love it. Now I'm going to spend two months together with the mother and the baby. And after that, we're both going to start working for 50%. We thought that this model is equal, both in terms of quantity and in quality. That was the idea because I know that many parents in Sweden, they do share the quantity as they take the same amount of days and so on. But we did want to share the same kind of quality as well. And we did this for several reasons, actually. Firstly, we could say that it was for ideological reasons. We're both interested in politics. and It is very important for us that we have a society that is equal. We wanted to contribute to this, and that was like one of the first reasons. Um, secondly, I also had like my personal reasons. I realized that I wanted to become a committed father. I wanted to share the uh, upbringing of my daughter. I want to f- follow her on every step. I have heard several examples of fathers that they become some kind of a second parent to their baby, and uh, I think that that's a lot of due to natural reasons i mean it's the mother that gives the milk and to me it was really important that both of us could be like the primary parent so we found out that if that's going to happen we need to be at home together from the beginning we need to follow every step we need to share the moments we need to share all the burdens we need to share the joy and all of that but we also had the third reasons i guess and that's like the entire family and how it functions and uh, we discussed this a lot and um The first is the baby, and um, we wanted her to have like two parents that are committed. Um, it's better for her, we thought, and it's safer. I mean, if something happens to one of us, um, it's also better for her to have um, role models that are female, masculine, and so on. So we realized that uh, we both want to be there for her in the beginning, and also um, for the mother. They come from a situation where they have been carrying a baby, they give birth. That can be really, really um, painful. It can be all types of complications afterwards. I didn't want to leave my partner alone. And I know that uh, a lot of guys, they stay home for like 10 days and then they go back to work. To me, that was out of question. I didn't want to leave her alone and I didn't know how, how she was going to feel about everything if he would be in pain and uh, and so on and so on. So that was another reason. I think that if you want to keep a strong relation with your partner, then you must share also the same kind of life. You need to understand the things that are happening. I think that's difficult when you have one parent spending the whole time at home with the baby and the other parent goes away for, to work. You have the, the risk of creating some kind of separation. So we discussed this in 
depth. And uh, we found that if we both stay home in the beginning, it's better for the family, it's better for ideological reasons, it's better for me as a father. So um, it was a joint decision, and uh, I'm really happy we made it. We have managed together to get enough of sleep, and I think partly that's why we can be so happy about everything right now, because we are getting enough rest. Uh, we are taking every other night. So uh, this night I was taking care of her, and I was I was able to feed her and all, and uh, it's really important that her mother, she could get that full night's sleep. That's really key to have a good experience, I think. We found a pump that works really good. She's really committed in enabling me to be a parent as well, and I'm super happy for that. I think we started out there like two weeks, actually. That's the first time when I bottle fed our daughter, Vega. And that, that was like amazing to create a bond. I felt that we, we came closer directly. And after that, it also became easier for me to enable her, the mother, to get some sleep. Because before I um, could uh, bottle feed her, our daughter, the max was like two or three hours. And after that, oh, I had to wake her up to feed the baby. But after I started to bottle feed her, we could wait like the first four, five, six hours. And then after three weeks in total, I started to take every second night shift as well. There's so many feelings, joy to have met this new person. We got more and more of a smile. That's like fantastic to follow her progress. And I can see that she's really curious. I mean, the emotional stuff, it's also really interesting. And uh, I remember the other day, Vega's mother, she had, had been like out strolling for a couple of hours. And uh, I had some uh, me time, just uh, just watched a, uh, a movie, I got some sleep. And when they came back, she handed uh, our daughter over to me and I just started to cry. And it was like, I just found that, oh, she's, she's, she's so beautiful and she's amazing. And uh, I don't know where, where that came from. And I mean, before I became a father, it didn't, it didn't happen. This has kind of uh, opened up some kind of emotional center as well inside me that uh, I, I knew I had it before, but Often that's a kind of education that we lack as men, actually. Women, they get more of emotional education, so to speak. But now I think I'm, I'm not getting professional, but I, I kind of graduate or something like that. <laughs> not sure. <laughs> it feels good to be uh, caring a lot. It feels good to be vulnerable. It makes the life more complex but richer kind of masculinity is, is not not showing emotional emotions not caring being the silent type we need to open up the concept of masculinity to get free of the this kind of old concept you want to enable people to stay home with your baby and we have a labor market. Women, they get lower payment. It's not equal. Of course, this creates an incitement for the families to keep the men on the labor market. But on top of that, the economical situation, we also have all these structures that are telling us that it's in the role of a woman to stay home and take care of a baby. And it's uh, the, the role of a father that, that is to provide for the family. Those are 
really old uh, ways of seeing it, but they are still in work. And also, if you have a preschool system that is expensive, then the question comes uh, directly. I mean, is it affordable to pay a preschool for a family? And I've heard that the situation often for women in France is that they earn about the same amount that it costs to leave their children at preschool or a, a nursing home. And obviously, the incitements to leave your baby is zero. Why, why not care for your own baby instead? If you force mothers and fathers and families with these kinds of questions, then you won't be having a progress when it comes to gender equality. I think you need to liberate both the parents. They need to be independent. They need to be able to provide for themselves uh, if needed. I mean, it's also a question of uh, liberation because... We don't want, for instance, women to be totally dependent on their husbands either because uh, we have all kinds of uh, problems with uh, domestic violence. It's these kinds of things that might become a trap for women also in the household, and we don't want that. The legislation today is that you pay your tax as individual. My tax for the thing that, that I have earned and it's not dependent on how much my partner have earned. So I'm um, measured as an individual, not as a part as of a family or a household. You will have the same level of tax, actually. Even if you have a partner that is earning a lot of money, you yourself, you can have an incitement to keep working, to earn your own money. And actually, when we had that leg new legislation in Sweden, I don't know when it was exactly but uh, it was very important for the liberation of uh, women letting them work in the same extension as uh, men and to other guys out there if i could give some advice i would say fight for your time with your baby i mean it will never come back we need the women to uh, let the men take this new kind of role Many women, they want to have their traditional role still also. Together, men and women can create some, a new kind of family that, uh, that shares and is an equal family. An immense thank you to Per, Nikos and Peter for sharing their memories and thoughts on paternity. I enjoyed it very much. I hope you did too. I'll meet you next year on completely different topics and I wish you all the best for the end of the year. See you soon. <laughs>